Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, equipping men for growth in your faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. Check out menofiron.org to learn more about how you can get involved in or support the vision of changing a culture one man at a time. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Chad Zook. This is episode 90 of the Men of Iron Podcast. My name is Chad Zook, the host of the show. Not all decisions are equal, and we don't all make decisions the same way. What kind of decision maker are you? Episode 90 is all about making decisions and chess. Over the last couple months, I've flown several times. Flying these days is synonymous with long security lines, stifling masks, overpaying for meals, and people angling for the window seat. I've grown accustomed to the hustle and bustle, and I'm slowly getting comfortable with the waiting, but I'm not quite there yet. On my last flight, I quickly exhausted the usual time drains like reading, people watching, and listening to podcasts. Shameless plug, I recommend this podcast, the Men of Iron podcast. You probably already knew that. Well, we were airborne and I was bored, so I looked to the monitor in front of me for some relief. After scrolling through the options, I settled on the game of chess. Now, I'm not uh, you know, really good at chess, and I don't necessarily have the the rocket science approach when it comes to chess. So I just started with chess because that's the only game that I recognized, and I knew the rules. I painfully tried playing against the computer five or so times and got destroyed every single time. This is on novice level, by the way. I found myself wanting to hover over the screen so the other people watchers wouldn't be able to relish in my shame. The chess pieces have their own way of moving on the board, of course, and I learned that back in fifth grade. Just before the West School Chess Tournament, I learned how to play chess and then entered the chess tournament because I thought that's what you do. I actually beat a couple kids, and then some punk kid beat me in four moves. But I'm not bitter. Well, maybe I'm a little bitter. You see, I'm familiar with how the pieces move, but I'm clueless about strategy. Every move that I made, it caused a breach and it made my queen vulnerable until I lost. That's how the game works. You may not know how to play chess, but you will understand this. Chess is a game of strategy. You must think steps ahead to make the right offensive or defensive move against your opponent. David Schenck has this insightful quote. He says, chess is rarely a game of ideal moves. Almost always, a player faces a series of difficult consequences, whichever move he makes. I felt that, and I got owned by the computer like I did that punk kid in fifth grade. Life, like chess, is filled with decisions, and according to Eric Sherman in his article called Five Types of Decision Makers in Inc.com, he says this, Decision makers all have particular ways they like to work. And there are actions each should take to keep their tendencies from undermining their intent. I want to line out five different types of decision makers. And again, these, these aren't my ideas. They're Eric Sherman's ideas from this article of which you can find in the show notes. The first type of decision maker is the visionary. The visionary decision maker is a champion of radical change with a natural gift for leading people through turbulent times. We need people like this right now (laughs) to step up to be empowered to make decisions and let others follow their lead you see such people they like change and they gather information relatively slowly 
and they're strongly biased toward action. They, they're visionary. They're thinking action-oriented. But they may be too quick to rush in the wrong direction. They may be too quick to just gain a bit of information and maybe have a burden over a cause and yet actually run in the wrong direction. So now let me give you a caution, and I have a caution for every one of these uh, types of decision makers. A word of caution for the visionary decision maker is this. If you are a visionary leader, you should seek the opinions and views of other people and encourage dissenters to voice their concerns. So get other people in the room to have a conversation with you so you don't go off the rails thinking in one way. And now this this group of people banded together actually helps sharpen you and the decision that you're about to make as a man or as a leader or as a dad. Only uh, when we talk about the word of caution for visionary leaders, it's only that way can we get a wider set of views and information that be, can become critical to success by getting that broad view of, of, and perspective of other people to help make those decisions. Because if you're a visionary leader, you're led by conviction. I'm, I am this type of visionary leader and visionary decision maker. And I know that I need other people around me to help shape those decisions because just because I'm burdened by something doesn't mean that I see everything that needs to be seen. The second type of decision maker is the guardian. The guardian is a model of fairness who preserves the health, balance, and values of an organization or a family. Such people have sound decision-making processes. They try for fact-based choices, that's good, and they plan effectively. They like continuity. They are moderately cautious, and they gather information relatively widely. All of this is good. The word of caution for the the guardian, excuse me, type of decision maker is this. Those are fine characteristics that I just talked about during normal times, but the guardian can be too cautious and slow moving during a crisis. When there's a desperate need for change, the guardian decision maker can be stuck. So, That is why a guardian should talk to people outside of themselves. They should lean heavily into their band of brothers, into uh, organization, into the business, into their family, speak to their wife, and have them challenge deeply held beliefs about what's going on and the decision that needs to be made. You see, the the task forces then are, are then in order to explore major changes in what's going on in the environment. So here's an example. A guardian could be someone who's a little bit too careful. It's great when times are normal. This is just slow and steady, but yet the guardian can lock up and become too cautious and too slow moving during a crisis. So although there's a desperate need for change, the guardian can lock up. So the way that the guardian could get outside of his own or her own decision-making way and lean, natural lean, is this. Talk to people outside of, uh, outside of themselves and have them challenge the deeply held beliefs about whatever the decision needs to be made. So in other words, allow that, uh, this other uh, group of people, again, to come in and be that dissenting voice, the catalyzing voice to help position the decision maker and the decision accordingly. The third type of decision maker is the motivator. They are good choices for change. They're charismatic. They tend to be anyway. They can convince people uh, for the need of action, and they build alignment among 
parts of, of the, a company, organization, a ministry, or even a family. So they can get alignment really quick. They become charismatic. Their passion is out front. You just know this about them. The motivating type of decision maker, they, they are like all good storytellers. They risk believing the story in the face of uh, countervailing facts. So they, they risk believing this story. So in other words, the, the story... Um, they they just kind of lean into this story, and sometimes they can actually just buy their own story instead of seeing the facts, and they can kind of just just get caught up in whatever it is, quote-unquote, that they're selling. I don't mean that in a condescending way. They gather information. Here's a positive thing. They gather information relatively narrowly, and they strongly believe that self-interest prevails over corporate interest. There can be good sides of, of the latter part of that, but also there's a word of caution with that as well. Rather than looking simply for outside counsel, motivators need to explore the existing facts. They need to dig deeper into the facts and see if there are any other ways to interpret those facts. These are the ways that do not necessarily play into the narrative that they've created. In other words, is this are these facts going to be counter to the narrative, counter to what they're so convinced, and counter to what they've tried to convince other people uh, to do or to say or to believe or the decision they are leaning in to make. Formal processes are, are a help for this. If, so if you formalize a process in your home and saying, okay, when we make a, a decision within our home, we're going to run it through this the, the lens of these questions, these qualifiers. Motivators can use surveys to get a realistic sense of the rest of of the situation that's at hand. So these types of formal processes. So going through and asking other questions, whatever it is that you would want. If you're going to make a big decision for your family and you're the motivating type and you're passionate about it, know that you can convince people pretty easily. You can build alignment about what you think is right, but yet you can get caught up in your own story. So what you need to do in that instance is get other people's voices to counter that and then formalize a process to say, okay, we're not going to make this type of decision alone. We're, we're not going to make this type of decision alone. We're going to get outside counsel. We're going to get wise counsel. We're going to talk about this as husband and wife. We're going to pray about this over a time and create a formal process that works for you to help you not get caught up in your own story. The fourth is the flexible type of decision maker. Flexible leaders or uh, this type of decision maker are, as you might expect from the name, more versatile than the other types of leaders. They're comfortable with uncertainty. They're open-minded and adapting to circumstances. And they're willing to involve a variety of people in the decision making. It's like the more the merrier. Uh, we can do this. This is great. Problem is, when they do that, it just seems so flexible that they lose maybe the rigidity that they that they need. This is the word of caution. The problem with flexible uh, decision-making people is that they can become too open-minded. So in other words, they can lack the conviction that they need to actually make the sound decision. And then they can just kind of uh, just swing it wide open to see what group opinion is. And they can be so willing to involve a variety of people because then it becomes more of a party atmosphere and then the flexibility becomes a liability. The fifth type of decision maker, and the final type, is the catalyst. A catalyst is an excellent person to lead a work uh, of when, when your family needs to gather together and, uh, and maybe even at work you're gathering to lead a, a, a work of groups. 
So whether it's making decisions or even implementing them, the catalytic uh, or the catalyst rather type of decision maker can be good. They tend to be balanced, being in the middle on, you know, in most situations, they can kind of see the middle. They don't swing too far to the left. They don't swing too far to the right. However, the more extreme the necessary decision, the more they can naturally resist making the decision. So in other words, they're so used to being in the middle that even if that there's an extreme uh, type of decision that needs to be made, they can naturally resist making the decision. That being said, being middle of the road can yield only average results. So if there's a big risk that your family needs to take, if there's a if there's a big offer for you and there's a business who's offering you maybe a position, you can maybe see that now if this is going to rock the boat. So I can't make this decision because it's going to rock the boat and it's going to make me uncomfortable. And if that is the case, you may have just you may have a, a fine life, but yet you will only gain average results. And we're to live by faith. So sometimes that actually becomes something that makes us faith adverse. So to avoid that, a catalyst decision maker should watch for circumstances that require high stake decisions and realize that they may need another type of decision process, like having other people look at the situation and suggest potential approaches. In other words, getting outside of themselves. Have you noticed a pattern with these five types? Every type of decision maker needs other people helping to guide their decisions. It speaks so well into what we're trying to do and what we are doing and just expanding the kingdom of God here at Men of Iron. Because we're about accountability. We're about building a band of brothers. We're talking about being men of iron. We're talking about how iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another. We sharpen one another, and one of the ways we can do this for one another is by if we need to make a decision, get outside of ourselves, die to the the tendency of the lone wolf kind of premise that is in our culture and lean into the men that are around us. You see, the decisions of life, they bring consequences. And then we must live with those consequences. The choices are big, and sometimes the choices are small. And their effect sends a shockwave of varying degrees. You already know this. The renowned uh, author and just a prominent person throughout history, Anne Frank, noted this. Our lives are fashioned by our choices. First, we make our choices. Then our choices make us. Choices can paralyze or catalyze. Option number one, choices can be paralyzing to us from living free. Option number two, these choices, they can be catalyzing to us from living small. So in other words, they can be so paralyzed. When we're posed with a choice, we can be so paralyzed to where we actually don't make the choice or option two, we can use these choices as an opportunity to catalyze us from living small. In other words, instead of just living small, we can say, no, 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 no. I'm going to be catalyzed from living small by taking these choices to my band of brothers, to the men around me, to my wife, to my parent, to a trusted friend, to a mentor. Know this for sure, though, gentlemen. Steps into your destiny will require a step away from your security. Steps into your destiny may require a step away from your security. Courageous men don't need outcomes. They need steps. 
So I'm going to tell you about a, a crazy step and a big decision that I made today. I signed up for my first ultra marathon. It's a 50K to be exact. Why? Why would I do such a thing? Why would I endure the suffering? Why would I do that? Do I do it just so I can say how good and how much of an athlete I am here on this podcast? Oh, heavens no. I signed up for this because this step and this decision is something that I need because I needed a fitness and mindset goal. Just tell it to you point blank. The reason why I signed up is I want to know what my breaking point really is. So I made the choice and I've committed to the training. You see, what if the adventure of a lifetime could begin with one question and one answer? A question that's posed to you and that answer is based off a decision that you just made. Here's what I mean. The, you see, life will give you all sorts of questions, like these types of questions. Will you marry me? Do you want to have kids? What if God is not done with me? Will I take my fitness seriously? What if I entered into mentorship? Will you follow Jesus? Questions like these are not limited to that space and time. Every question and answer and subsequent decision made, it gives birth to opportunity, to new life, to refined futures, or a single step. Is there a question that you've been stalling to answer? Is there a part of your life that needs surrendered to Jesus? The adventure of a lifetime begins with one step. Adventure it waits, gentlemen. It's your move. Execute. This Men of Iron podcast is brought to you by Men of Iron. If you're interested in getting involved in or supporting the vision of changing a culture one man at a time, or you simply want to know more about our Strong 27 mentorship experience, Equilibrium retreats, Anchored Man video series, or Men of Iron Plus, go to menofiron.org.